0: they don't take it as a choice but you gotta know that Sunday, Sunday. all right well happy easter Doxa church guys it is so good to be together Doxa, i have some good great glorious news for you today jesus is risen jesus is alive is anybody excited about that <laughs> And because Jesus is alive, guys, this means that our hope is alive, our joy is alive, our future is alive, because our great God is, in fact, alive today, that the sadness of Friday, the silence of Saturday has erupted into joy and celebration on this Easter Sunday because Jesus has conquered Satan, sin, death, hell, and the wrath of God all through his resurrection, and that means there is great joy and great celebration today. Amen? Amen? Amen. But guys, I'm so excited to be here. All right, because this is the biggest day of the year around the biggest person in the history of the world, and his name is Jesus Christ. And so this is, in fact, at Doxa, our biggest celebration, right? And we've kind of pulled out all the stops. I don't know what you guys do in, in your family, but in my family, when something good happens and we celebrate, we get donuts. We even did that, okay? And I even, I, I, was, called, I was told this week that you don't actually call donuts donuts on Easter. They're called resurrection cakes. And I was just like... That's a weird thing Christians say, okay? So you can do that. Just don't tell people you come to Doxa, okay? But if you are new, guys, my name is Rob. I'm one of the pastors here. It's great to have you part of our Easter celebration today. So here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pray, and then I have the great joy of giving you good news, incredible news that will change everything and will change everything about your past, your present, and your future. All right, so pray with me. Father, thank you that Jesus is alive. And Jesus, thank you for your great love for us, every single one of us. Thank you that you love us. And thank you for your mission to come here, to seek us, to serve us, and to save us. And Holy Spirit, I pray that as we open up the Bible today that you would light up the words that you've inspired to be written and for the Christians in here that you would remind us of the great joy, the great blessings that we have in Jesus, and for those who are not yet in Christ, that they would be seeing the great blessings that await them when they come to Jesus, and would you just move, and would you help us to learn about you so we can rejoice in you, celebrate you, see you, enjoy you, trust you until the day that we meet you face to face, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to grab your Bibles. Open up to Ephesians chapter one, okay? If you're new to Doxa and wondering, man, what is this church? What are these people all about? I'll tell you this. We're essentially about two things, Jesus and people. People meeting Jesus because Jesus loves people. And every time we gather, like we are right now, what we do is we gather around the Bible. That we believe the Bible isn't merely just a human book, but this, guys, this book that you hold in your hands is a book that God wrote. And it's not just filled with encouraging words through, for pe- from people throughout history, but it's the very words of God breathed out for us, life-changing words, eternity-directing words from God for our good. And every page of your Bible, every chapter of your Bible, every book of your Bible ultimately points us to Jesus Christ, who is not just the one that you were created by, but the one that you were created for. And so every week at Doxa, what we do is we just gather around the Bible. We open it up and we seek to hear from God. And by his presence and power through the Holy Spirit, we seek to respond to him, thereby becoming the men and women that he has created us to be. And so if you are new and you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you the gift of a Bible this Easter Sunday. So on your way out, you can stop at Info Corner at the the end of the coffee bar, grab a couple Bibles for your family, and that would be a joy to give you that gift. But as we celebrate Easter... We're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is what, in fact, Easter is all about. And I need you to know that the resurrection was not just a a historical, wonderful, miraculous event that happened long ago, but a life-changing event that literally changes everything about today. And as billions of people are gathered around the globe this Easter Sunday, we do so to remember and celebrate all that Jesus has done to change the world and to change every single one of our stories. And so today, to help us reflect on and celebrate all that Jesus has done, we're going to look at the words of a man named Paul. Paul was a historical man, a prolific man in the history of the world that God used in just incredible ways. And Paul has a crazy story. I'm not going to get into it all, but I'll tell you this, that for much of his life, Paul just opposed the words, the works, and the ways of Jesus. He actually persecuted the church. His job, for large, in large part, was to hunt down Christians. But then he meets the risen Jesus. He changes from a persecutor to a pastor, and he spends the rest of his life telling as many people as he possibly could about the good news of Jesus Christ. That Paul was a man who was excited, and he wouldn't stop telling people about Jesus. And the only reason he stopped telling people is because eventually those who opposed Jesus killed him. This is the only reason why he stopped. And as we look at Ephesians 1 today, We're going to see what it was that Paul knew, what it was that Paul changed by so dramatically. And we're also going to discover some amazing truths for our lives today here in Madison. So let's get into this. Ephesians chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 3. If you don't have a Bible, it'll be up here on the screen. Here's what Paul says. Okay, in the the original Greek that this was written in, this was just one giant run-on sentence that was just an explosion of joy. That as Paul is writing this, he's excited. He's praising God. And I've been praying leading up until this day that as we look at these words, that this would encourage you, that this would challenge you, this would change you, and this would cause you to worship just like Paul did as he wrote these words to us. All right, and in these 11 verses, all right, the big idea that holds this all together is that Jesus is a giver and we are blessed extravagantly by him, all right, and so what we're gonna do is essentially look at two things today. Who is Jesus and what does he give? All right, I'm gonna date myself, but if you remember the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, Kindergarten Cop, who is your daddy, what does he do? This is what we're gonna do. That was like my my inspiration today, okay? But look back, verse three. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, Paul is praising God the Father For Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus Christ, a man that has changed the world and left a legacy like no one else throughout history. And Jesus Christ, if you look at kind of his resume, lived a very simple life. He comes from a poor nobody family. He lives a life for many years in relative obscurity, in poverty. He never holds like a political office. He never kind of does world travels. He stays very close to home. But in the wake of his life, we have Christianity, the largest movement of any kind in the history of the world. And so there's no one like Jesus throughout the history of the world, that Jesus really stands alone in a category unto himself. But here is the question that Easter just demands us to ask. Who is this man? Like, who is Jesus? And this is a thing that if you read the scriptures and the biblical text, you'll see that as Jesus was physically walking on earth and people were hearing him say things and do miraculous things, they would look at him and they would say that. Who is this man? And I'll submit to you that I know that some of you, you think this is like a very elementary question. You grew up in the church. You grew up in Owana, You did the Trivia Bowl thing. You know all the Christian stuff. But I'll tell you that in a place like Madison, you go around and ask that question to a hundred different people, you're probably gonna get a hundred different answers. So this is a big question and I want you to know the answer to this question is not up for grabs it's not up for grabs to be determined by individuals have personal thoughts on the matter because Jesus has an identity and in his name alone we discover who he is that Jesus literally means God is our Savior and there's a good chance that there's somebody here today that maybe you've been out of church for a while, you've never been to church, and you're here, and you're seeing all this that's going on, and you're like, why is that dude super excited? Why is people raising their hands? Like, everybody's hyper. There's a qu- like, what is happening? Here's what I'll tell you. We have a Savior in Jesus. We have a Savior in Jesus. And it's my goal today for you to understand this, for you to grasp this, and for you to experience this saving today. And so his name is Jesus, God is our savior, but also Christ, Jesus Christ, which means the anointed one, the chosen one, the special one, and the truth is is that Jesus is special and significant. That he isn't just a good man that lived long ago, but he's the God man that lives today, amen? This is Jesus. Now I'll step back and just address something, okay? Because I know that in a room this size, and I know the nature of Easter that some of you, you're here because your mom and dad made you, you're here because your girlfriend was like, this is our next step, right? And you're like, okay, well, I'll do anything, okay? And you're here, and I love that you're here. But I know that not everybody believes this about Jesus, and maybe you have the thought, well, well, that's cool. You know, I, you do your thing, it works for you. you, you have your own opinion, you're entitled to that, but I'm really not so sure. And you hear claims about Jesus being God and statements about the Bible being God's word and you're like, man, I, how, do you, how do you know that? And maybe some of you are even looking at me right now and be like, how do you have the audacity to stand in a place like Madison up on the stage in front of hundreds of people and say that this is absolutely true? If that's you, like keep asking those questions. It wasn't that long ago that I was sitting there asking those same questions, but I want to submit to you why I believe all this through Paul's words here in verse 19. Look at verse 19. And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the work of his great might that he worked in Christ when what? When he raised him from the dead. It's the resurrection of Jesus. This is what it's all about. Docs, I need you to hear me on this. The resurrection changes everything. It changed Paul. It made him believe. It caused him to live and die the way that he did. And the resurrection of Jesus, quite honestly, has changed my life. It's caused me to believe, to love, to trust, and to follow Jesus with everything that I am. A broken, sinful man, but a man that's loving and following Jesus. The resurrection has caused that to happen in me. That Paul's faith in joy and my faith in joy, I want you to understand this, is not simply just rooted in the things that Jesus said, but it's all about what Jesus did. See, the truth, because the truth is, is if Jesus did not rise from the dead, nothing about today and this church makes any sense at all. It's all in vain. If you know your Bible, you remember back to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, where Paul says that if Christ is dead, if he has not been raised, that your faith is just useless. And we're the most pitied, foolish people that there are. Because the truth is, is if Jesus is dead, then Christianity is dead. But if Jesus is alive, then Christianity is alive because apart from the resurrection of Jesus, Jesus is reduced to yet another good but dead man who is really no considerable help to any of us. But the truth is, Doxa, Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead. And the resurrection means that Jesus is who he says he is, God. And I know that some of you have been taught that Jesus never said that he was God. But I want to submit to you on this Easter morning that this is exactly why he was killed. And one thing you need to know about Jesus is that there are many other world religions out there, but there is only one religion who has the founder stating that he is in fact the only true God. No other major religion has the founder declaring themselves to be God. Yet when we come to Jesus, he says this openly, publicly, repeatedly, And because of these things that he said, declaring himself to be God, he was mocked, he was tried, he was beaten, and he was killed. This is the reason that Jesus was killed. Make no mistake about it. It's because he said that he was the only God. And the story of Christianity is that after he was killed, he then came back from death, resurrected, never to die again. And this is, in fact, what we celebrate on Easter and what gives, hear this, this reality is what gives credence in authority in weight in security in everything we're going to talk about today that Jesus said that he would die and that he would raise back to life on the third day and as he did this he validated all of his claims about his identity and his words and this is the truth that makes Ephesians 1 guys it's incredible this is gonna blow your mind Christian You're going to sing like never before if you get this. All right, so back to what Paul says. All right, Paul's saying that the truth of the resurrection, because the resurrection is true, here's what is true of you. And the big idea is that we're blessed. We're blessed by and in and through Jesus. And so I want to give you four life-changing truths that are going to cause you to worship today. Four things that should bring you peace and comfort and joy no matter what is going on in your life right now. Back to verse three again, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ. I need you to circle that in your Bible, in Christ. Because I need you to understand that there is a big difference between being in Christ and in church. And for Paul, everything he is gonna share here is rooted in this idea of being in Christ. That if you look back to the first 14 verses of Ephesians, Paul uses the phrase, in Christ, in him, in the beloved, 11 different times in the first 14 verses. And then in the first 14 verses, he talks about Jesus 14 times. And so for Paul, it's all about Jesus. It all hangs on Jesus. And when we come to faith in Jesus, hear this, we take the position of being in Christ. And this is where the cross is so, so important. That Jesus goes to the cross. He takes our place so that we could take his place. And we're blessed in Christ because if we have faith in Christ, we have salvation in Christ, we have new life in Christ, we have received the blessings of Christ, that we receive everything that Paul shares here. So to be in Christ means that you believe that Jesus lived for you, he died for you, and he rose for you. And through faith, he has taken your old life of sin and he has given you a new life of righteousness and he has blessed you and so Christian as we're reminded of these blessings of Christ today soak it in grab hold of it believe it thank him worship him let all of these truths bring you great joy and peace and if you're here in doxa but you're not yet in Christ I want you to know that I love that you're here you're welcome here I'm excited to be able to preach this passage to you but as you hear these words here is what you need to know these are not true of you but they could be and i'm praying that as you hear this today that you would be compelled to come to jesus and receive all the blessings that he wants to give that's in fact why you're here that god in his sovereignty has brought you here to doxa this morning so that you can learn about jesus so that you can learn about yourself and you can learn about your great need for him because he loves you. He loves you. And he wants to bless you. And so what is true about us because of the truth about the resurrection? How does Jesus bless us? Number one, verse three, one more time, I promise I'm gonna get past verse three, okay? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ, Now, I want you to circle this, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, Doxa, because the resurrection is true, true, here is what is true of you. You can confidently say, I am blessed. And the truth that we see throughout the Bible is that God is a giver. And Jesus comes into human history giving. And really the only thing that he asks for is our sin. He says, give me the worst parts of you and I will give you all of me. I will give you everything. And Paul says we're blessed in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Now, let me explain this to you, okay? All right, while God is a giver, you need to know this, if you're kind of new to Christianity, you might, God is, is, he's a giver, but he's not kind of like a genie in a bottle or like a cosmic sugar daddy or something like that, okay? You don't rub his belly and he gives you something that you want. And I just need you to know that, that despite the pervasive teaching of the prosperity gospel preachers who say that when we come to Jesus that God will make you happy and healthy and wealthy, the truth is, we don't come to God through Jesus and immediately see or receive all that we want in life. We shouldn't expect more than Jesus had. We don't come to God and receive all that we want in life. We receive all that we need, but we not, might not get all that we want. And yes, God is a giver, and he provides, and he blesses here in this life. But if you look back, what does Paul say? Much of this blessing is stored up in the heavenly places. And so Christian, just hear me on this. The life, seriously, the life that you are living right now, Christian, is as close to hell as you are ever gonna get. That the best is yet to come because there are great blessings ahead of you that are inexhaustible and amazing and they're waiting for you in the heavenly places. And I want you to know, I don't know where every single one of you are at But if you're anything like me, there's stuff going on in your life. There's absolutely stuff going on in your life. And no matter how hard life is for you, even right now, I want you to know, Christian, it will only get better as God promises His presence, power, and blessing, not just here and now, but in eternity to come. Does that bring some comfort and some joy to you, Christian? It is. But I'll also say this. For those of you who have not come to Jesus yet, your life right now is as close as you'll ever get to heaven. That for the believer, your blessing awaits you forever, but for the unbeliever, there is no blessing awaiting you. And so Christian, on this Easter Sunday, I want to encourage you to take inventory of your life. See how God has blessed you. See the good gifts that he has given you. Reflect on these, write them down. So that you can remind yourself when things get hard and when you start to think that God is not a good giver and then open up your Bible and take note and write down of the promises that are ahead of you to cause you to worship and just remember that Jesus is a giver and you've been given every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. You know, for me, as I was doing this this week, one of the blessings to come that I think about all the time and I cannot wait. And I feel like when the choir was up here singing, that was as close as I felt to it right there. Revelation 21.4. Christian, you familiar with this? This is the day that we all long for. Where Jesus will come. And he will wipe away every tear from our eyes. And suffering and sin and death will be no more. It'll just be glory. Christian, that day is coming. It's for you. You are blessed because of Jesus' resurrection. Number two, look at verse four. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he blessed us in the beloved. Because of the truth of the resurrection, here is what is true of you. You can confidently say, I am a child of God. If you look back, Paul says that you're chosen by God and you're adopted by God. He says that in love, he has predestined you for this, which means that it was God's idea that you would become a Christian. And it was God's initiative that caused you to become a Christian, that you didn't choose God, but God lovingly chose you. And this causes me to worship. This causes me to want to sing and run around this place and just look like an idiot, but I don't care because this is exciting. Because what Paul says in Romans 5, 8 is emphatically true, that while we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. And so while I wasn't seeking after God, God came seeking after me. When I wasn't looking for God, God came looking for me. When I wasn't loving God, God came loving me through the birth, the life, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And this is true of you. That he loves you, he's come for you, he's lived for you, he's died for you, and he rose for you, ultimately to bless you. And some of you here, I know that you're not seeking after God right now. You're not loving God right now. But the fact that you're here In a church service, on Easter Sunday, listening to the Bible being taught, I want you to hear this is evidence of God seeking and loving you right now. And I hope you begin to see this, because the gift of being a child of God is absolutely amazing. And so, Doc's a Christian. I'll ask you this: Like, do you see it like that? Being a child of God, do you see it as amazing? Or have you seen this statement and this phrase on so many terrible pieces of art at Hobby Lobby that you just got numb to it, right? And you're like, oh, child of God, yeah, grandma's got that. But it's actually amazing. God is a father. Jesus' favorite way to refer to God is father. 165 times throughout the Gospels, Jesus refers to God as father. And this is amazing when you understand this. Because the concept of God as Father is this intimate, warm, and relational one that other religions throughout the world do not share. That most religions see God as either like an impersonal force or a terrifying, frightening judge who just exists to punish evil. But for the Christian, we can call on God as Father. And the language here is that Jesus is like a big brother and that God adopts us into his family. And so to become a Christian is to have a new father, that God is your father, to have a new family. Christians are family. And I know for some of you, this might just fly right over your head, but others of you, this is so significant. Some of you, you don't have a family. We want church to be a family to you. It's one of our core values. Some of you, you're like me. You don't have an earthly father. We want you to experience God as your father. If you're in Christ, you have been adopted by God. You have a father in God who loves you. You have a father in God who listens to you. You have a father in God who is not annoyed by you. You have a father in God who delights in you. You have a father in God who blesses you. You have a father in God who just helps you and serves you and loves you. And because of the resurrection, we can relate to him in this way now I do need to say this apart from Jesus God is not your father he's your creator but he's not your father that apart from Jesus your identity is not a child of God that we can call God, Father, only through the atoning work of Jesus. And so if you've come to Jesus in faith and you've asked him to take your sin and to give you his righteousness, God is forever your father. And this is amazing. And there's security and safety and joy in this. But if you're here in Doxa, but you're not in Christ, I need you to understand, please do not miss this, that you're not a child of God. You're an orphan without a father, without a home, ultimately without hope. Because the truth is, apart from Jesus, you're an object of wrath, an enemy of God because of your sin. And I love you enough to say this, and I know maybe you haven't been to church for a while and be like, this is, this is Easter, right? Like, are we supposed to be talking? This is kind of intense. Do you guys do this every week? Kind of, okay? But I love you enough to tell you this. Because I want you to know and experience the love of God, and I want you to know and love and experience God as Father. And this is why Jesus is so important and who and what you need above everything else in life. Someone here needs to understand this and hear this, that you have a big problem in life. We all do. And it's not likely what you think it is. That you might have money problems, legal problems, marital problems, so many different types of problems but understand this your biggest problem in life is unmediated sin and sin is anything that god is not and the nature of sin is that sin separates us from god and regardless of how you see and feel about sin it's very helpful to talk about sin and to understand sin because if the sin in your life is not dealt with eternal separation is what you will experience which is just the terrible conscious reality of hell And while all people, hear me on this, while all people, Rob Warren, two hands up, all people are sinful and all people are broken. This is true. Not all people have found a solution for their sin. And many people will identify this and they will look to religion and spirituality and morality to to become better people, to like fix this. But I want you to know that might make you look better from the outside, that might make you feel better about yourself, but at the end of the day, it doesn't change your position with God. Hear me on this. This Easter Sunday, please hear this, that there is one mediator of sin, and one way to the Father, one way to the family, one way to escape the terrible, eternal reality of hell. And the third blessing that Paul shares right here gives us this answer, verse 7. In him, who is this him? It's Jesus. Jesus. In Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. Trespasses is sin. According to what? The riches of his grace, which he's lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and on earth. Doxa, because of the truth of the resurrection, here is what is true of you. You can confidently, unequivocally say, I am forgiven. Amen? I am forgiven. Happy Easter. We should just get the band up here and that's it. We are forgiven. This is how we overcome sin's effect in our lives and grab hold of the promises and the blessings of God. It's Jesus. It is only Jesus. It's what Paul says, look back, that through his blood and by his grace we are forgiven and redeemed. See, the Bible shares that the wages of sin is death. Spiritual death, eternal separation from God. And since we all have sin in our past, our present, and our future, every one of us deserves condemnation. God is holy, we are not. He can't be in the presence of sin. We are all deserving of condemnation. But what? But God sends Jesus. And coming to Jesus takes a person out of the path of the wrath of God. And the gospel message is called good news for that very reason that Jesus out of his love and through his death and resurrection makes a way the only way for us to come to God and through faith he takes our sin he gives us his righteousness and we're brought to God where sin no longer has the last word but Jesus does and what does Jesus say in his last victory breath it is finished And this is when we become a child of God. God becomes our father and we have security in the eternal family. Christian, do you realize how amazing this is? You guys are kind of just looking at me like, cool. Like, this is amazing. Do you understand this? Like, Christians should be the ones just filled with the most joy in the most excitement. And just having the thought of the reality of like, hey, I'm going to heaven. I've been forgiven. I've been rescued from sin in hell. I mean, how great is that? I mean, every day if I would just wake up and put my feet on the floor and just simply remember that, that would be enough. That would be enough joy to push me through. That would be enough hope and give me a perspective. I am forgiven. I mean, if we were more charismatic and Pentecostal, this is where the piano starts magically playing and hallelujahs start coming up, right? This is amazing, this is Easter. Jesus' last word, forgiven, finished, period. This is the greatest news of all. We should be the most joyful, excitable people on the planet because we know this is true because Jesus is alive. He's resurrected. And then finally, fourth thing that Jesus gives us, verse 11. In him we have obtained an inheritance So because of the truth of the resurrection, here is what is true of you. You have the great security of being able to say, I am sealed. And I need to explain this for you to understand how amazing this is. All right, this is our inheritance in heaven. It's glory, it's eternal joy, salvation, redemption, hope, help, peace, power, perfection in Jesus. He's our guarantee of that. And what's so interesting is when you look around our world today, everyone's kind of trying to obtain this while we physically live on this earth. But we fail to realize that we will live forever. Do you know that about yourself? That you are an eternal being. You will live forever. And people tend to have a very narrow view on life, kind of fixating on the 60, 70 years, if we are fortunate enough or unfortunate, however you want to view life right now. But... We fixate on our physical lives and we neglect the reality that forever is a really long time. The inheritance that Jesus gives us is this great inheritance, an eternal inheritance, and he guarantees it with a seal on our lives. He's put a seal on us that we are his possession. And this seal is the Holy Spirit that God gives us himself. God the Holy Spirit. And this is what our guarantee is. It's our guarantee of eternal love, eternal destination, eternal salvation that Jesus has given us. And nothing can break that seal. And God's seal to the Holy Spirit is Him saying, hey, that one, that one belongs to me. And this is our position in Christ that your Father, He just has you in His arms. Listen to how Jesus talks about this in John 10:27. He says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. Christian, do you understand what this means? That you're sealed, that you're in the hand of God? This means that a Christian cannot lose their salvation. And some of you would ask, can you lose your salvation? And I'll tell you this, that's the wrong question. The question is, can Christ lose a Christian? And the answer is no. Because it's not my salvation. That my salvation is from the Lord. I don't save myself. I can't unsave myself. I didn't elect myself, so I can't unelect myself. I didn't adopt myself, so I can't unadopt myself. I didn't seal myself, so I can't unseal myself. And so there's great security in this because even though we're saved, you need to know this, Christians, we're still sinful. We're broken. Any broken people in here? Amen, Jesus, thank you. And there's gonna be times where you mess up bad. And there will be times where you are terribly wicked and terribly deceitful, and you are repeatedly foolish, and you are utterly broken. And some of you will look at your life in that mess, in the wake of your sin, and you will think, have I messed up too bad? Like, is God finally just fed up with me? Is it over? Am I still with him? Like, he can't can't like me anymore. And God, the Holy Spirit, who sealed you, will speak to you in that moment and remind you that you are a child of God, that you are forgiven by God, that you are sealed by God, and nothing can separate you from the love of the Father. Amen. Thank you. He seals us. This is Easter. He seals us and he empowers us. Romans 8-11, the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is alive and well in us. And so not only do we have security, but we have power to live like Jesus in the everyday stuff of our lives, to love like we can't love on our own, to give like we can't give on our own, to trust like we can't trust on our own, because we don't have that power, but we have the spirit who empowers us to live like Jesus for the glory of God and the good of the world. This is what Easter is all about. And so I am out of town. We're going to talk about that more in the weeks to come. But I'll say this. Here's what the resurrection means for you, Christian. This life is not the end. That I am blessed and the best is yet to come. So I would say, keep going. It means that I am not an enemy of God, but I am a child of God. That I have a Father in heaven who sees me, who loves me, who cares for me and is completely for me. It means that I'm not bound for hell, that I'm forgiven. Jesus says it is finished, so that means I am not. And I don't need to live in shame and fear anymore because I am sealed. I have an inheritance. My destiny, my eternity, my salvation, all is for me. Jesus has taken it and made it sure and true. And the pressure is off me now because the pressure is all on Jesus on the cross. And he empowers me to live like him for the glory of God and the good of the world. And so, Christian, keep going. Let Easter this Sunday keep you going because Jesus keeps on loving you. And if you don't know Jesus, you need to come to Jesus. You need to come to Jesus. Today can be the day of salvation for you. But today, Easter Sunday, can turn from a church-wide celebration worshiping the resurrected jesus to you personally celebrating that jesus has given you eternal life so come to jesus and let him give you all of this he's waiting for you he loves you and maybe you're like me back not that long ago just sitting there being like well how how do you how does one even do that i'll tell you this it is you in this moment in your chair agreeing with and declaring four things do you believe that jesus is god do you believe that there is sin in your life that is keeping you from god have you asked jesus to take your sin and give you his righteousness and are you committing to follow jesus for the rest of your life if the answer is yes and those are your declarations today good news on this Easter Sunday. You are in Christ. Amen? You are a child of God. You are blessed. You are forgiven and you are sealed. And the Holy Spirit will be with you to empower you for the rest of your life. And if this is you and you came to Jesus today, we have a great opportunity for you to celebrate with some other people and get baptized. We're gonna watch some people get baptized now to show what the resurrection actually does in our lives To takes us from death to life, makes us new. And so we have a video that we're gonna show, but let me just tell you what baptism is all about. Baptism is like this wedding ring. This ring does not make me married, but it shows the world that I am married. And so these people that are getting baptized, they're not getting saved today. The God has already made them a Christian. But they're demonstrating to us, to the, the watching world, that I am in Christ, I am blessed beyond belief, and I am following Jesus. And as you hear these stories, there's some of you that have come to Jesus, your first step of obedience, Jesus says, go baptize people, you be baptized, and then he goes to get baptized. And so if we're following Jesus, guys, this is the easiest thing that Jesus ever asked us to do. It's an act of obedience. And there are some of you in here that you need to get baptized today and we'd love to celebrate. There's gonna be, some, maybe there's someone in here, you're wearing a tie, and you're like, I can't get this tie. No one wears ties anyway, okay? So just take it off and... And so we're gonna to listen to these stories, and then we're gonna celebrate some baptisms. So take a look at these videos. Hi, my name's Leslie,